Hi. I'm Kat. I'm <laughs> Abby. Okay, wait, sorry. Abby and Kat were born in 1997 and became best friends when they were six. Grew up together and started a band and bonded over music ever since. 20 years later, they are all grown up and spend their free time analyzing lyrics. Now here they are talking all about their Lord and Savior, Dr. Taylor Allison Swift. Taylor, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> Welcome to Swift Lore Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Abby. And we are lifelong best friends and Swifties, and we are here to talk about Dr. Taylor Allison Swift. Absolutely. An icon. Some people would and call her a god. She is personally my friend um, in my head. Which is where all thoughts happen. Mm-hmm. So It's where the magic happens. It's called manifestation. Look it up. <laughs> this week, we are talking about holy ground and false god, which... And why are we talking about holy ground and false god? Those were our surprise songs at our show at MedLife Stadium <laughs> on May 27th, 2023. Yeah. We got to go to the Eras Tour. We did. It was both of our first Taylor Swift concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, I cried a lot. There were tears. I wasn't expecting to cry during either of the, like, Holy Ground and False God on their own do not make me cry. Mm-hmm. But at this concert, I think it did. I cried a couple of times. It was just a great. It was just, it was a, just great. We'll include a little great. clip. I When I go to concerts, I record voice memos on my phone so that I don't take videos the entire time. And so we'll we'll put in like a clip of us freaking the fuck out when uh, the songs start because I I started sobbing when she, when I realized that she was about to be on stage. That's same, <laughs> and I had time to prepare. And like the thing about our show was that it was an outdoor venue, so it was like full daylight when she came on stage. So we're in our section was just fully in the sun, so it's just us in full sun, like covered in glitter and just crying. I'm really surprised that my makeup stayed as good as it did. I was surprised too. But then because of that, I thought that my mascara, which is waterproof, I thought it was actually waterproof. And then when I went to see Noah Khan a couple weeks ago to my friend before the show started, I was like, my mascara is waterproof, so I'm good. And then he played Growing Sideways, and I looked at them, and they go, sweetie, your mascara is not waterproof. But then it started raining a little bit, so I could blame it on that and mm-hmm. not um, on him also playing Call Your Mom. Absolutely. Um, we were really lucky to get tickets, too, because that was, I mean, you guys know. If you're listening to this, you know. You know. <laughs> we both, we had, we went in a group of five people. Three of us got pre-sale quotes. Co- we got pre-sale quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew how to talk. That would make life so much easier. Um <laughs> i'm really excited about the soundboard you guys um but three of us got pre-sale codes one our friend brianne um she's a preschool teacher so she was like i'm gonna be teaching so we were like we got this we didn't know the bloodbath we had signed ourselves up for no one Um, could have ever known luckily we were both working from home so we we're on the phone with each other, like, when they went live, so that if we, we thought we were going to, like, get in, get tickets, get out, naive little little foolish children. No, we were in the queue for Five hours. hours. Yeah, and we were on the phone the whole time. We waited the five hours, and I get to the front of the queue, and it's loading, and it kicked me out. Booted. So now it's just, it's all on me. So the pressure was, like, I mean, I... <laughs> 
I was so stressed out because I've heard so many people by that point had been like, I had tickets in my car and then they disappeared. And like the prices just like went super high up and there were five of us. And so I was really nervous and I didn't even take any time to look for any tickets. I was like, nope, these are offered to me. Boom. In the cart go. And we got them for a good price. Under 150 with fees. They were 136. And we got offered thousands of dollars yeah. for those tickets. But we went because we're Swifties. That is that is who we are. That is what we do. We are out here. And now we're here to talk about and our now surprise we're songs. Here. Do you who should go first? Okay. Oh <laughs> fucking course. Oh, fucking course the lesbians both went scissors. Oh god. Stop. <laughs> the joke had to be made. Okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Don't Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Okay. Let me pull out my notes. Also, I am a Notion girly, and I made us a Notion board for this podcast when we made a joke about it and then decided to follow through. It's intense. Also, the idea of this podcast, the inception and creation of this podcast has all happened in one week's time. And also, it did start as a bit, because we wrote a sitcom... Because, of course, does. we did. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, a Broad City-type vibe where it's, like, based off our lives but, like, not our lives. Um, and the characters have, like, a bit in it where they keep going, we should start a podcast. We should start a podcast. And so I texted that to Abby as a bit, and she forgot the bit because it was, like, 7 o'clock in the morning. And she was like, we should start a podcast. And I was like, we should start a podcast. And when we were thinking about, well, what would our podcast be about? Taylor Swift, obviously. Obviously. We already had a TikTok account. Yeah, we did. With the only video that went viral on that uh, <laughs> account so far is the one of Trevor Noah saying, Swifties, price of eggs, now. And then the price of eggs, this is at the Grammys, and the price of eggs dropped 13%. And then I stitched like a news article being like, it's the final form of the Easter egg. And I... <laughs> And Which is an incredible got, like two hundred thousand views. Yeah, and I love that for you. We love that, we love a good bit. So it was it. Our TikTok used to be under a different name. It is now under at Swift Lore Pod. Yes, and so is out. our Instagram. And that's all we got because we're not making a Twitter because Elon Musk. Technically, we have an email too, right? If you wanted to. Yeah, we might do like user user. Yeah. For now, just we stick might do to, like listener stories. Stick to or Instagram something. and TikTok for right now. Do the IG. Yeah. Um. So we'll just we'll jump in. I am covering False God. Um. Yeah. So False God track thirteen on Lover, her seventh studio album, arguably Taylor's horniest song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And so I looked up like some Spotify playlists that had False God on it because I was like, it's just going to be all sex playlists. And then it was all sex playlists. Um, my favorite title was the like chili pepper emoji and then spicy Taylor Swift and then the like three droplet emojis. Um, and then some other ones I found. One was called False God Vibes. And then it was like False God and then like I Want to Be Yours by the Arctic Monkeys and West Coast by Lana Del Rey. So brilliant sex playlist. Mm-hmm. Um and there was also a lot of playlists that s- somehow combined into a sentence, I can see you and False God and Maroon. Mm. It's like the horny trio. Sure. Um, 
And I do want to also point out that on Lover, the song before False God is Soon You'll Get Better. <laughs> so it's just like her and the Dixie Chicks being like, my mom has cancer. And then it's just like, but anyways, <laughs> what's up? I That is true emotional and then And then it goes into you need to calm down. Oh. So it's just like, I love Lover. But like, what a transition. Because... It just soon you'll get better into anything would have felt abrupt, mm-hmm. but soon you'll get better into false God is just emotional whiplash at its finest. She's like, I, I want you to just focus on the saxophone and stop being sad. <laughs> um, and this song has only been performed live twice. I did think it was the only time it had been performed live at our show, but it's the first time she performed it live on a tour. She did perform it on SNL in 2019. But I don't count it because we saw it live first. Also, I like the fact that it was on SNL like confuses me because it wasn't a single. Mm. Like, was it going to be a single? It's also a choice to put it on SNL. Right? Out of all her Because it was like her and it's like low lighting. And I think she was wearing like a big oversized blazer. Hmm. And like the guy who played saxophone for Katy Perry was there. Why not? Kenny G? I don't think it was Kenny G. I think he was just in the music video for TGIF. (laughs) Kenny G is Katy Perry's personal saxophonist. He just follows her around and just saxes it up. Mm. Um, And in terms of my personal connection to the song, I did kind of predict it um, on the way to our show, but that's just because I Googled Taylor Swift songs that mentioned New York. And I went, oh my God, what if she plays False God? And that was the extent of my prediction, but I'm still going to claim it and cat loves this song i do love this song on our way to the concert we did um that was when that spreadsheet template came out that people were doing of like ranking the taylor swift albums where you rank every song like one to ten and i think i gave the song like a nine so i was hyped when this played like i was you you really did i was screaming out. especially because she didn't do any sort of intro for this song she just like Played Little Holy Ground. She set, she set an intro for Holy Ground. Mm-hmm. And then she put down her guitar and she went over to the piano and she sat down and she just started playing and she like did a little weird intro that like nobody could tell what song it was. And then she just goes, we were crazy to think. And everybody just <laughs> lost it. an amazing experience like i wonder because she does intros for most of her songs mm-hmm. like my t- i have two theories that i think could work one is that she didn't want to go super over time because phoebe bridgers was one of the openers at our show mm-hmm. so she played nothing new so it's like extra song on the set list and we cheered for like three minutes after champagne problems so that's that's theory one and the other one is just that it's sad because this is kind of a sad song where if you took away the saxophone like we saw it it gets a lot less sexy <laughs> god what would happen to careless whisper <laughs> is careless whisper a sad song we've just been Without blinded the, by the we've sax been blinded the saxophone just adds an immeasurable amount of of sex appeal to any song. That is correct. That is correct. 
Uh, yeah. Now I'm just mentally singing Careless Whisper to see if it could be sad. <laughs> Never going to dance again. I, I feel like... If Taylor Swift sat down and played Careless Whisper on the piano, it would be sad. <laughs> so now into my, my lyrical breakdown of this song. Mm-hmm. My overall interpretation is that it's like a really insecure song. And she's trying to like convince herself and her partner that this relationship is working and it's going to keep working. But... If you have to keep saying it, is it, is it working or is she just saying it over and over again because she wants it to? So first line, we are crazy to think like immediately off the bat, she's starting with the opinions of other people, not her and her partner's thoughts. Like just everybody keeps telling them they're crazy to think it'll work. And immediately she's like pushing him away. And I wrote, it's giving my mother was right about you. (laughs) And then the next line after that is, remember how I said I'd die for you? And I related that to the one when she says, the, you know, the greatest loves of all time are over now. Because mm-hmm. in all tragedies, like Romeo and Juliet, Antony and Cleopatra, Hamlet, like all of the great loves and everything, like they they all die at the end. And they both die at the end. They both die at the I have it. Oh, it's behind you. And bo- they, all of the biggest romances, like most of them end and everybody dying and like that's what part of what makes it so romantic is that it's ends um you know mm-hmm. and then she also says in the ocean separating us and at this time she was publicly dating joe alwyn who's from across the pond and then she says remember how i fly to you and i thought that was interesting because she's always going to him is what that implies it's not like She's the one constantly reaching out. She's going to him. She's putting in the work. Like, what is he doing? Mm. When will a man ever be? (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) And then pre-chorus starts. I can't talk to you when I'm like this. She can't talk to him when she's feeling insecure in their relationship. She can't help but be a little bit manipulative, like daring him to leave. Um, It's kind of like when you haven't been in a healthy relationship before and all you've seen is like these manipulative, unhealthy experiences with romance you kind of like express your insecurities in weird ways like daring somebody to leave you or like not being able to talk with your partner communicate when you're upset and I wrote maybe she feels like she can't ask for the reassurance that she needs she because she can't express what she needs because she doesn't know because she's never been in a relationship that worked because every time she dates someone everybody's like oh Taylor Swift she's gonna break your heart she's the worst because they all suck um, and so she doesn't have like the capability for emotional intelligence. I'm, I'm trying to be you I'm trying to therapize. <laughs> um, I was like, what's my next note? I don't know why I highlighted I'm New York city. And then it was just like screaming this at my, that life was great. That, <laughs> that was is the note. That's the note. Mm-hmm. Only note on that line. Cause also like that's, it was really cool mm-hmm. seeing that live. It was really cool because it was just like, Bam. I'm New York City. Everybody screamed that like extra loud. It was really funny. Just fun. Not funny. I'm good at words. I have two degrees in words. (laughs) Um, After I'm New York City. Says, I still do it for you, babe. And But it's like that self-assuring, like reassuring herself, trying to convince herself. Like, I still do it. Like, I'm still enough. I still do it. I'm saying it confidently so that you think it's true. Um, And then it goes back to like, they all warned us about time like this, that they... Um, 
and like when you're in a honeymoon phase in a relationship and everybody's just like, wait till things get hard, things are going to get hard and then you're not going to be in love anymore. And it's like, why is everyone the worst? You know, when you start dating someone and people are like, mm, and you're like, please stop making that noise. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> and then just also the way she keeps saying like, they, they all said this, they all warned us. We were crazy to think this. It's just the amount that she lets other people's opinions of her relationship kind of like seek into her psyche when she's already in these insecure moments is when like those doubts really start like hitting home. And then the, the led by blind faith. Line. Also I have less notes throughout the rest of the song. It's just the, record. Oh no, it's fine. I, I was just, I keep checking to see if it's still recording, but I'm also kind of blind, so I can't really tell. That's valid. <laughs> There's this little red blinky dot above your head. Oh my goodness. Look at me with my red blinky dot. Look at you with your red blinky dot. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> so then when you're led by blind faith, Blind faith. There's a lot of repetition in the song too, but I I have a note on that later. But also, there's just like no proof in any relationship that like things are gonna magically work out perfectly the way that you want them to. Um, so if you just like blindly believe things will work out, the second things go wrong, you feel like the relationship is over. Because if you aren't cognizant of the fact that things go wrong in life, then when things go wrong, it feels like the entire world is ending, mm-hmm. as opposed to like. If you're just like a touch pessimistic, just a smidge. I'm like trying so hard not to sing this song because <laughs> I don't want us to get copyright it's, striked. It's very difficult. It's very difficult because this is a bop. Yeah. I mean, she can't write. I have a, a newfound appreciation for it. Absolutely. I, 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 it wasn't usually one that I like went to and I knew that you talked about it all the time. And then she played it at the. <laughs> She played it at Era's tour, and now I listen to it a lot. I love it. I wouldn't say I listen to it all the time. I'm not that horny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, you mentioned, because yeah. whenever we talked about, like, songs uh, songs on Lover, that one came up a lot in conversation. That's true. That's true. Um, and the chorus starts, we might just get away with it. And I, I made, like, a connection to the Reputation songs, because a lot of those are, like, ooh, this is, like, secret relationship. Like, we're hiding it. We're in a getaway car, like we're dancing with our hands tied, all this stuff. And it's like staying in the relationship feels like getting away with it. It's almost like there's a lot of like criminal allegories and stuff that she uses during reputation that I felt like this alluded to. Mm. Um, And then we get to the blasphemy. (laughs) 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 Sorry, continue. Um, The religion's in your lips, even if it's a false god, which is kind of like double-sided because this chorus is kind of about oral sex i mean if we're gonna be we're gonna be real here it is that's the most clinical way that i can put it (laughs) um but like religions in your lips is a sex but then also like you speak through your lips i don't know if you knew this uh (laughs) we're learning a lot on this podcast today (laughs) welcome i can't talk and you talk through your lips um just started buffering in my brain. <laughs> Watched it happen. <laughs> I just did a factory reset. Um, but this is, I didn't write this down, which is why I'm buffering a little bit. But like, so, you know, obviously throughout the song, she's convincing herself like, oh, things are great. I still do it for you. And it's, to some degree, we don't really hear her partner's point of view in this song because this wasn't folklore when she was writing things from other people's point of view. Um, but... 
this is all from her perspective. Like we don't hear what her partner thinks and there's no like you say it's all, all what she says and what they say. Mm-hmm. So like religions in your lips, maybe her partner is being reassuring and we just don't hear that in the song. Um, and then even if it's a false God, my note just says 10 commandments core. <laughs> I think I was supposed to go look up exactly what the wording was, but I just didn't want to Google the Bible. <laughs> I had to go to church like two weeks ago and it was bad enough. Um, and then the, we'd still worship. It's like, we don't care if we're, we're going to make it. We're still like here right now, worshiping this love, etc. And then she like, oh wait, before my next note. Uh, the next one says this, alt- the altar is my hips. I was waiting for that one. I mean, there's, it's sex. There's nothing else, like... Religions on your lips, the altar is my hips. Um. <laughs> there's no other explanation. Me and my I, asexuality, like... <laughs> and then she says, we'd still worship this love three times in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote, this love equals God, sex equals work worship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's good. <laughs> Um, and then again with the repetition of her, like trying to convince herself of this, um, I had this teacher in ninth grade for English class that it was Mr. Do you ever have him? And he'd be like, really just going to name drop. (laughs) We'll bleep it out. It was Mr. (laughs) Um, and he had this bit where he'd go repetition is the key to remembering things. Repetition is the key to remembering things. And he would just like say it like 10 times in a row until we'd be like, we get it. And you know what? It is the key to remembering things. Cause I took his class 15 years ago. No, no, don't 12 years. ago. That's too many. 12 years ago. That's so many years. So verse two. I don't know. God damn it. <laughs> Moving right past the passage of time. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, verse two opens. I know heaven's a thing. So like she knows the relationship can work. She's been there when it worked. And when it's good, it's so good. It's like heavenly. I go there when you touch me, honey. Um, and I wrote down that that's kind of like a parallel to cruel summer also the like have it in the next line mentions hell because it's got the like devils roll the dice angels roll their eyes the devils are like taking a chance like this whole relationship is them taking a chance maybe getting away with it maybe not and then the relationship also is holy godlike, all-consuming religion if she were the angel people think she is she probably would just walk away when things get hard but she's not doing that she's committing to the relationship and not just rolling her eyes and dismissing it away heaven and then hell is when i fight with you so like when the relationship is bad it's real bad mm-hmm. when it's good it's good um sorry i the line make confessions and we're begging for forgiveness i literally just wrote confession boo i think that was like i just don't like the catholic religion mm-hmm. um and then got the wine for you it's like communion they already got the body <laughs> the blood. Oh my lord! I mean, if the religion is her hips, <laughs> they're in. <laughs> oh no, that's gonna um, be a problem. It's me. Hi. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> um, and then the second pre-course switches it up a little bit. So is you? I can't talk to you and. I'm like this. And the second one is you can't talk to me when I'm like this. Um, 
and I kind of connected it to like in Stay, 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 because there's that whole thing about like, you know, I I read you should never go to bed with like the fight unresolved, mm-hmm. um, and like, this is kind of the more grown up version of that, because in that she's like, I read online that we should do this, and now it's like. She's in a, a grown-up, like, mature relationship, and it's, like, we can't talk if you're going to be irrational and, like, mm-hmm. not able to come with a clear mind to this. Like, we can't have an adult conversation about a relationship if you're just going to be, like, mm-hmm. fine, just leave me. I guess I'm the worst girlfriend ever. <laughs> you know how I feel about the song Stay, Stay, Stay. <laughs> it's my favorite song of all time. I, I feel like you're kidding. <laughs> I am kidding. Okay, I, I hope I, I was going to shit talk it a little but, bit, and I was I like... I'm not a fan of Stay, Stay, Stay. It's... Yeah. It's for a different podcast episode. <laughs> the dare you to leave me just so I can try and scare you line. You know, like what I just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's a little girl boss gatekeep, etc. Mm-hmm. But then uh, in the first pre-chorus, she says, you're New York City, or I'm New York City, I still do it for you. And this one, she says, you're the West Village, you still do it for me. So in the other one, she's saying it to, like, kind of convince herself of, like, I'm New York City. I'm still great. I'm the best. And then in this one, she's like, you're what the West Village. Like, you do it for me. Um, and she's no longer trying to, like, convince herself of things. She's just saying, like, this is how I feel. You're the West Village. I th- think that's where Cordelia Street is. I forgot to give it a goog. Um, so I'm not hundred percent sure. Also, I'm really trying to make give it a goog thing <laughs> um, for googling, and I just keep saying it in the hopes that somebody else will. Ca- it hasn't caught on yet, but no. And I've heard you say it many times, and I I haven't said it yet. I I'm sorry, I failed as the best friend. I can't believe you haven't <laughs> given it a goog. I haven't given a chance to give it a goog. Oh, no. Um, okay, okay. <clears throat> My final notes. Um, she does the chorus again. There isn't a bridge in this song, which is interesting, because obviously mm. Taylor Swift's bridges, bridges are stronger than anything the U.S. infrastructure could ever do. Absolutely. Um, and then the post-chorus, like, she just does an extra couple of lines of just, like, so worship this love, even if it's mm. a false god. Love. It's just that. Love. Um, that isn't how the song goes. I just... <laughs> Is it not? I don't know. I thought you sounded just like her. At this point, who knows? Even my dog is giving me the side eye right now. (laughs) Look at her. She's side eyeing me so hard. She that's kind of just her face, and I love her for it. But she does. She has a very sassy face. Um, and that's that's my interpretation of false god. It's horny and sad, and religious. I mean, there's like a lot. I mean, it's not blasphemous. Yeah, it's just got a lot of religious themes to it. I mean, even like comparing going into a relationship or being in a relationship to having blind faith, like just it's it's all there. It's all there, and that's why we still worship this Taylor Swift. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. What a fantastic concluding note. What a fantastic song. Are you ready to talk about? Bam, 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 bam. I forgot what this one does. Oh, that wasn't correct. And now for Holy Ground. Wow. Wow. I guess the, the like connection between our songs was like God and New York. God is a woman and that woman is Taylor Swift. You're so right. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so Holy Ground is the 11th track off of the album Red, which was Taylor's fourth studio album. Banger. Um, and so, okay, my notes aren't really in a good order. So, but I have ADHD and I will probably What do I around. look like? A neurotypical. <laughs> so we both have ADHD, if that wasn't clear by everything about us so far. Um, so you might just have to like ping pong with me and we'll go on that journey together. Um, in the end, we'll get where we're going. We will. Wherever I go, that's where I am. And I, <laughs> Yeah. I would try to organize these in my head, but I'm simply not going to do that. We're just going to read it as I wrote them. Fix it in post. So, so um, this song is actually pretty big because it's uh, claimed to be a, a departure from the more country version of her into a more rock and roll style, which is interesting because when I listen to the song, I don't go, ooh, rock and roll. I love the song. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. But I don't consider it like a rock song by any means. But it does introduce like... Um, like drums and guitars and like a more like a different sound than what she had before um like the departure from the the country singer that she once was and so <laughs> sorry i'm just thinking like it's going from horse girl to horse galloping you know <laughs> okay i haven't even gotten to the gallop I know, part yet. I know, i'm sorry <laughs> i just couldn't hold it in <laughs> here's a hint for what's to come gallop <laughs> so <laughs> so as we know Red. Cat <laughs> <Don't. laughs> is still losing her marbles a little bit. I shouldn't have tricked that Red Bull. <laughs> okay, so Red is one of the albums that have already come out with Taylor's version, been re-recorded. So this track initially came out on October 22nd, 2012. Um, and uh, just some other random information that might be interesting to you guys. I'm a stats queen, so... Um, it peaked at number 12 on the U.S. Billboard Bubbling Under Hot 100 Singles Chart, which I had to look up. Why are there so many adjectives? <laughs> so many. They just kept going with it. And basically, that is the chart that is before the Billboard chart for singles. Um, it, like, it's, it's the one before the Billboard Hot 100. It's for, like, they didn't make the Billboard Hot 100. So now on their, they're on the Billboard Bubbling Under Hot 100 Singles. So it was 112th. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to do math, and it's really hard because I'm gay. Girl math. And I have ADHD. <laughs> um, so when the song was re-recorded and re-released on November 12th, 2021, it did make the Billboard Hot 100. It was 76th. Um, and so basically the way that this song came to be is that Taylor Allison Swift wrote the song. She brought it to um, Jeff Basker, who worked with the band Fun. Remember them? I do. And you know um, who else was in that band? Nate Trues. Jack Antonoff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? Am I making that up? I don't um, know. Give it a goog. <laughs> give it a I feel like I'm right, but now I, I'm... Um, so why are you giving it a gook? <laughs> so uh, Taylor went to Jeff Basker, and she played an acoustic version of the song on her guitar for him, and he was immediately won over. He was just like, wow, you're incredible. The Okay, so technically the actual quote <laughs> was, I was blown away by just how stone cold she was, which I love that. Um, how can you be stone cold singing Holy Ground? I don't know. I thought that was interesting too. Like, not that I don't love the song but he was just like wow she's so raw and honest and like I, I I don't find Holy Ground to be the most raw and honest but I do I I I love it 
I see it. I see it. Yeah. Especially anyway. if she played it a little slower or something. Yeah. I think that um, that's true. If it was acoustic, it might hit different. We heard it acoustic. We sure did. But it hit different because we were sobbing. That's true. For we various were really reasons. excited. Really tired. Really dehydrated. So dehydrated. <laughs> and mildly sobbing. I had already done my pee break for the concert. So basically, critics loved this song. Um, they said even people who weren't Taylor Swift fans could appreciate it. Um, could never be me, not being a Taylor Swift fan. I don't understand. I don't does not compute, but okay, you know, if you're out there. Um, they're not if listening you're to out this. There, if you're somewhere, <laughs> if you're moving on. So a lot of people praised the lyrics of it, um, and then the more upbeat production, like the drums and the guitar that I mentioned earlier. Fun fact about those drums, they make me want to jump in puddles. <laughs> I really I I call those drums puddle jumping drums. Tony <laughs> 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 did the quickest. <laughs> okay, we've got a bit of a learning curve. <laughs> They're still going. Crickets. <laughs> take take one of your own notes. <laughs> the cricket oh. just won't shut up. It's oh, not even man. lucky. Okay, so um the the, re, the, uh, the gallop comment has to do with a TikTok we saw where <laughs> it was like songs that are easiest to gallop to. And I would have to agree, this is a top one. This is a great galloping song. If you're song. a horse girl, gallop your gallop. little heart out to this song. Do it. Put it on and gallop. Um, <laughs> so live performances. Taylor performed this on her Red Tour in 2013 to 2014 in front of a New York cityscape background. It was part of the set list at the Formula One Grand Prix. It's pronounced pre, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's one of those words that you read it and you're like, is it pricks? But it's not. She'll learn that from Mario Kart. Okay, but like, it doesn't say, it. you read it in Mario Kart. Like, you so- never had anybody bully you for saying it wrong as a child? <laughs> With, am I alone in this experience? No, and if I said something wrong, my brother would be like, haha, you're stupid, and here's the proof. I just, if I'm not sure about something, I just stay <laughs> quiet. Just an asshole. And then I just never learn. Anyway, so the uh, Formula One Grand Prix in Austin, Texas on October 22nd, 2016. And she performed a stripped down version as a surprise song in Seattle during the Reputation Tour. During the promotion of Lover, she performed another stripped down version on BBC Radio One's Live Lounge in New York City. And finally, our Queen Taylor did perform it at the Eras Tour on May 27th, 2023 in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which we talked about before. She did it for us. I happened to be there. It was cool. It was lit. Um, and I for sure lost my mind because I love this song. I love it. I, when it came on, cause we went, we had a group of five. It was us. And then our friends, Brianne and Bailey and Adam, mm-hmm. um, and me and Bailey met cause we were roommates in college. And like, we used to dance around the room to the song. And I remember it came on and like Bailey was sitting cause it was like almost three hours in the concert at this point. And it came on and she like stood up and was like losing her. It was so cute. We were losing our little cute. vines. Yeah, I was I was very excited to like, hear this one. And the way that she introduced it too is she was like, this is one of my favorite songs. Because when I do one, it's one of my favorites. And hopefully you like it too. But, yeah, I think I, I feel like it's a pretty good choice for the night. I'm pretty personal note I suppose I actually so I became a Swifty pretty much I, I had always been a casual fan I was so normal about it because you were friends with me yeah and I wasn't I was very about normal it. about it I mean I was a girl when teardrops on my guitar came out and like we all loved that and then our song came out and then like you belong with me and love story I mean hit after hit hit after hit after hit obviously you're gonna like Taylor Swift 
Um, and then folklore dropped during the pandemic. And I was like, well, what else am I doing? I'm trapped in my room. So I listened to it and I was like, um, hello. And then Evermore and, and then the re-releases and Midnight's. So basically what I'm saying is that I, I have back backlogged to try to appreciate the earlier albums because um, I'm one of those 50s that started in 2020. Um, but I love Red. I've always loved this album. And I, I definitely got like a new, I had the opportunity to really appreciate it for the first time when Taylor's version came out which is awesome. And so Holy Ground, up until that re-release, I hadn't really listened to it very much, and now I listen to it all the time. So there we go. Because it's a bop. Um, a bop okay. is a bop. So now the song is about. I wrote this in very much a narrative form. It's less of a lyric by lyric sort of situation. So. That's probably better. I felt very awkward <laughs> reading my comments. We, we learn. We learn how to do things. And we, that's we okay. It took here. us like three hours to set this thing up. It really did. And a trip to Target. And we it, didn't have headphones. A lot happened in those three hours. I We had to do so many things. So many, but we're here now. But now we're here. Um, so this song is clearly about a former romantic relationship. And one of my favorite things about certain songs is how there's like a... Um, a contrast between the lyrics and the music, whether it's usually it's really happy, up-tempo beat and then sad lyrics, and I live for that. And this is one of those times where you listen to the song and it sounds really happy and upbeat, and then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh, girly, you want a hug? So in terms of speculation, let's have a conversation now about speculation. The fandom, the fandom, the fans, the Swifties, the Swift. It was. I, it's a fandom. We're we're intense people, and I think there's a lot of conversation about who the songs are about, what they're about. I mean, we've all participated in this discussion. Um, we have, and this podcast, we're going to try to keep it as respectful as possible and more based on facts as opposed to speculation. But at the same time, we might throw in just like this is what's theorized, um, or we might not. We'll find out. Like I said, she's dating Joe Alwyn. Yeah. Or was dating Joel when, like, when she wrote False Gods. So, like, mm-hmm. it could be about him, but mm-hmm. who cares? The men in, uh, men are in rel- irrelevant. Taylor Swift is forever. <laughs> that is that is our you stance. Can, you can quote us on that. <laughs> you can quote me on that forever. Those, that's going to be the first merch for Swift Lore. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, with that being said, there is someone that they think this song is about. And for the purposes of speculation, I, I'm going to relate it to some other songs that it connects to. And should I say the name? It's topical. That's all I have to say. <laughs> anyway. It's called Mysterio. <laughs> no, not him. Who did you think? <gasps> Wait, is this one not about Jake Gyllenhaal? No. Well, I mean, it could be. We don't know. That's the thing. It's speculation. But I Wikipedia... <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. Honestly, Wikipedia is better than it used to be. Wikipedia attributes the song to Joe Jonas. Oh, shit. Once again, topical. And I have reasons why. Okay, okay. I have reasons why. I do want to hear it. Yeah. So, the big evidence for this is a parallel between Holy Ground and Last Kiss with the lyrics, I'm not much for dancing, but for you I did. And then in Holy Ground, but I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you. So that is one parallel that people found. Um... Chills. <laughs> I got chills and I don't know why. Keep talking. <laughs> okay. So moving on to like the lyrical breakdown here. Um, we live in upstate New York, so it's a bit different from the city, but we've also been to the city quite a bit. And so we know, and most people who've been there know how fast paced it is. Um, zoom. It's a big zoom, big zoom. <laughs> and 
Um, so that's kind of why I think the song itself is very fast paced because this first verse especially is centered in t- talking about the city. Um, so she mentions New York Times. She mentions took off faster than a green light go. Um, and then also there's that that I want to jump in puddles in. Um, so there's that. So that's my analysis of that. Um, the first verse is a lot of like reminiscing. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I did sing a couple lines. Um, Taylor Swift's legal team is already putting a warrant out for her arrest. Oh, no. He <laughs> put a hit out on Oh, us. no. Was that the doorbell? <laughs> Cops are here. Hey, Spear, what's that? <laughs> she didn't even wake up. She's like, I don't think the bit's funny. Oh. <laughs> the bit was she not keeps funny enough humble. to wake up my dog. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh, oh, that was the wrong one. Stop. <laughs> Whoops. That's the sound that plays in my head when I think of Taylor Swift's legal team coming oh, for me. no. Okay. Do, I, do you remember the episode of Drake and Josh? <laughs> where he hits Oprah with his car, and then Josh gets really excited because the restraining order is signed by Oprah. Honestly, that is a mood. I, that is a mood. That's how I would feel about getting sued by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. It would be awful, but great at the same time. But I don't want to do that. Um, Sorry, (laughs) continue. I just had to uh, let out my thoughts. I understand. Okay. So, um, the first verse is her reminiscing about how they met in New York. And it sounds like the connection was pretty immediate. Um, The chorus of the song does compare where they met and their their relationship as holy ground. So, she's very much putting their relationship on a pedestal and comparing it to something really sacred. And I think that, like... A lot of times, especially at the beginning of relationships, and especially when you're younger, um, that that time can feel really magical. Like relationships feel really magical and fantastical, and 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 after that relationship is over, it's also easy to look back on everything with rose-colored glasses and remember all the good things that used to be. I think that's really common. Um, the second verse has a couple of lines that I really love. So spinning like a girl in a brand new dress, which banger. Really, it like paints again this picture of of innocence um, that Taylor felt she had in a relationship. So specifically, like, um, I I don't know why I think of like Christmas. Like you get, you get a dress and you and your parents are like spin around, and so you do, and there's just this really happy feeling about it. And so she wants to show off the relationship, and she's thinking about that time. Um, I had a whole tangent in here that I'm simply not going to read because it's not worth it. But I, I went on a whole tangent about the word girl. The use of the word girl. Girl boss can't keep gaslight. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew how to talk. <laughs> um, I ran out of cider. So that's a metaphor that I really like. Oh, right. We are drinking apple cider in um, mugs. Because I don't have any clean cups left <laughs> in my apartment. And that's adulthood. Um, so also with the... The innocence and the fact that the relationship was really intense, the lines, we had this big wide city all to ourselves, and for the first time I had something to lose. So um, she was just so absorbed in the relationship that everything else kind of melted away. And there is something about those first few loves that just, like, they hit different. (laughs) They do. Um, So, like, when we're young, everything feels so big and important, and I think that's really showcased in this song. Um, The last bit of the verse is also really important because she talks about how – I'm trying to pretend like I didn't write a literal script. I wrote a, na- a narrative form. Right? It's, it's read it out. And and the camera's not on me anymore, so I can just read it. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to look up and pretend that I'm just coming off up with this off the cuff. Because True. I'm not, you guys. I'm not. I wrote everything down. That's how I talk. What if I told you I'm a mastermind? 
<laughs> True. You actually you waited for the camera to die. I did at the exact moment. That's why I'm, I went first. That's I'm why revealing. you let me win. Rock paper scissors. That's true. Um, or it, it just became rock paper because <laughs> we eliminated the scissors. <laughs> Homophobia at its finest. Continue. Um, okay. So, um, with the line, the story's got dust on every page. That kind of references that the the relationship ended a while ago. Um, and then there's that ending bit, the final brutal couplet, as I wrote, where she says, sometimes I wonder how you think about it now, and I see your face in every crowd, which, uh, once again, she's talking about how big and important this relationship was to her, and she also doubts whether or not he had the same investment. And if we're going with the speculation I mentioned before, then this could tie into Mr. Perfectly Fine, which uh, is also rumored to be about the same person. And she talks about how her ex doesn't seem phased at all by the breakup while she's really struggling. And so it's kind of uh, similar themes there. Um, the bridge into the final chorus and the outro is about how she's going to dance, but she doesn't want to dance without her ex there. And I find that really interesting because it's so relatable to be at a wedding or a party or even like a metaphorical dance, like just socializing <laughs> or doing literally anything. And when you're used to having someone by your side in those times and then all of a sudden they're not there anymore and how jarring that can be and how much you're just like, I don't want to do it. Um, but she's going to do it anyway. And so that's, you know, chill and cool. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how I got dumped this week. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that yet. That yeah. didn't happen. BTW, great time. We decided to start this podcast and then I immediately got dumped for unrelated Yule. reasons. So well, it was I'm, like, like, I'm like trying to think of what my holy ground is and I'm looking at this candle that I made on a date and I'm like, is my holy ground lighting this candle? <laughs> Okay, so I went through a breakup a week before Aristor. <laughs> We're just so that is that is it. the vibe is breakup and then Taylor Swift something. That's that's what happens. That's yeah, what you do. That's life. That's life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay. So since this song is in the second person using you as its main pronoun, I'm wondering if it's in the context of her like getting ready for a night out and singing this almost as a letter to the ex instead of like calling them or being like, let's give this another chance. Like it's kind of, um, that's how I'm kind of reading it. Like, and again, this is maybe me projecting, but uh, I'm the type of person that loves texting exes. Um, people know this about me. <laughs> that is warranted. That is warranted. And I, yeah. Um, but this very much is just like, I recognize that, uh, we are over this relationship is done, but also still yearning for it at the same time and appreciating that it once was very good. Um, and then I concluded with some discussion questions. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's homework. No, I didn't do the homework. No, it's a it's nightmare. For us to discuss. That's all. It's fine. No, that's smart. We should do that. I should have done that. Okay. So there were some critics that said that this was the Wrong. highlight of Red. Oh, right. <laughs> no, but they said this is the highlight of Red, this song. Which is interesting, huh. right? A lot of I people... I mean, did, did they listen to All Too Well? <laughs> That's the thing. Well, a lot of people have put, like, I mean, All Too Well. Like, we know. We, we know that All Too it's Well It's a cultural is, reset. It's, it's almost like here. that's in its own category because you can't really compare it to anything else. That is, that is correct. Also, I keep looking above your head because I'm looking at how badly I painted this room. <laughs> you see the line, the green I, on the wall? I do see it, and um, I, st I love you for it. it. I'll fix it before <laughs> I move out. And if you're my landlord, uh, you <laughs> messed it up. It's great. Yeah, no, the landlord for sure did that. It's all him. Um, it's been yeah, green the I whole think time I lived here. I, 
I think that Red, honestly, has a lot of really amazing songs, and I would put this up there with one of them. I kind of see, like, what they mean, though, because thematically, it does fit, because a lot of the... I mean, Red is a breakup album. Like, there's nothing, like... And it's messy. It's a messy breakup album, and this is, like, the one song that kind of has some distance to it, of, like, the, like, story's got dust in every page. I see... It also kind of parallels, like, Story of Us Mm. and Speak Now, which also has Last Kiss on it. Mm -hmm. Um... I think that's just really interesting that it's like this is kind of like track fives are always like her thesis statement for the album. But yeah, I see it now that you say it. I see it. Yeah. And also, I think it is, it really was when she started introducing a different sound. Yeah. Cause I remember when Red came out, um, like listening to it. And people were just like, this is not a country album. Like, mm-hmm. this is... Well, I Knew You Were Trouble came out. And I knew like... you people were like, this is pop music. Like, <laughs> yeah. stop saying you're country. Everybody's mm-hmm. all mean to her about it. And then she was like, fuck you guys. I will make a pop album. Mm-hmm. And then she made 1989. And then it's like the best pop album ever. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, because a tangent. ADHD moment. We love it. Um, Like, I think of Girl at Home, which on normal... red stolen version Mm -hmm. it's very country and then on red taylor's version it's Mm -hmm. a lot more poppy Mm -hmm. is is it girl at home it's one of the it's girl at home okay yeah which i i didn't like the song until i heard it on taylor's version because i think that she probably wanted it to be poppier and she probably got told that she couldn't do so many poppy songs on a country album Mm -hmm. because scott borchetta Mm -hmm. boo (laughs) It's a gunshot noise. That's how I feel about Scott Borchetta. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm an Aries. No, we just have the scary one. <laughs> Scott Borchetta, count your days. <laughs> that was not a threat. It was a bit. Please don't <laughs> be a, mean to me it legally. A, it was a bit. Don't be mean to me legally. I don't know how to say things. What do I look like? A person who knows how to say things? I'm wearing a checkered shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why the stupidest reason to not know things have you ever met a person in a checkered shirt that you trusted immediately oh no I have it actually okay poll, poll time if you were to meet a person in a checkered shirt right now would you trust them implicitly? do you trust me do you trust Kat? I looked at the camera and it literally died already there's no camera anymore it's just us in our checkered. Do I'm you trust me? Shirt. Are you high right now? <laughs> Do you ever get scared? <laughs> um, I really just have one final discussion question, and it's a silly Do you one. Trust me? <laughs> yeah, that's. Do you? No, this is for real. Uh, of course, I trust you with my life. <laughs> okay, so the final question. Uh, there's a lyric. I left a note on the door of the joke we made, and referencing the first time they met. Um, what do you think that joke was? (laughs) Well, we know Taylor Swift loves a dirty joke Mm, mm -hmm. because of lover. Mm -hmm. Um, you save all your dirtiest jokes for me. Right. So I wonder if it was like something salacious. (laughs) Salacious. Good word. And you say you can't English. You come out here with salacious. When I got tested for ADHD, the psychiatrist said I was smart. (laughs) And that was the only reason I got a graduate degree, because my ADHD is so severe. <laughs> Honestly, wear that with a badge of honor. I, I'm bragging about it right now. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, there's a 
Oh, oh, the joke, the joke. Um, do you think it was a knock-knock joke? It was on the door. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think we've cracked the code. It was. Pro- Is there like a... It was a knock-knock it joke. It was for sure a knock-knock joke. Wow. No, it had to be. If it wasn't, then it is now. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Exactly. She was actually, it was an Easter egg. It was, she lover. also time traveled. It was a whole thing. Yeah. The song is actually about her past self. That's what I'm throwing into the ring <laughs> at the 11th hour. I didn't even think about it being a knock, knock joke, but that is truly brilliant. Like, actually, I, I hope it was. Um, I tried to do the like Debbie Ryan hair behind the ear <laughs> thing, but I'm wearing over your headphones, so I can't Fair do it. Enough. Also, the camera's not even on anymore. That's okay. The camera in our hearts is still on. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a good time with those sound effects. I really. And I think we're also going to program new ones in there, too. And oh, for sure. It'll be great. Um, as a as For like what I think the joke would be, something so freaking stupid. Oh, like, absolutely. You know how stupid it is when you get into a new relationship and you guys just laugh at everything? Yes. And, and also, also you're like, 19 years old. She's like so pretty that like, you know, when you meet a really pretty person and everything they say makes you really nervous. So yes. you just like laugh at everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, st- I know it was stupid. And also I wonder if like her writing that was like, she wrote Holy Ground when she was thinking back on this relationship and like comparing it to um, her ex that most of Red is about mm-hmm. who like didn't think she was funny. Mm hmm. I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes. Her and her jokes, you know? She got jokes. I think Taylor Swift is a funny person. She's very funny. I think because she's really smart, and so she's funny. Yeah. Smart people are funny, usually. That's true. I I do think she's very funny. Every interview I've seen of her, I I mean, I'm I'm also just obsessed with her. Taylor Swift loves a bit. (laughs) And so do we. So do we. And that's why we would all be friends. Yeah. That one's for Taylor. That one's for that one's you. For Taylor. I don't know when the last time you heard applause was, but um, <laughs> it's probably just like walked out of her house. I I'd imagine she hears applause twenty three hours out of the day. She also hears the song "Applause" uh, right before every single eras <laughs> to her show. Oh my goodness, you're right. So anyway, <laughs> um, that was my last discussion question. I went to see. Sorry, I'm tangenting. Okay. Um, because I was thinking of applause. I went to see, so we live in Rochester and there's the Rochester Museum Science Center has a planetarium and I went to, uh, a laser show there. They have a Taylor Swift laser show and they, whoever created the pre-show playlist is a Swifty, but not like a good one because they flip flopped. You don't own me an applause <laughs> of like how they would actually play. Cause it's, it's applause and then you don't own me and then she goes on stage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they did you don't own me and then applause and then started the Fake show. Fan. And like it was so close. It Fake was also fan. really weird. I've heard that it's really weird. There is like I don't want to spoil anything, but there's like a really weird thing with like mice. I What? Yeah, like so some of the songs are just like, ooh, cool squiggles, they're lasers. And then some of them are like have kind of like illustrations with lasers. But there's this whole thing during song was it i can't remember which song it was i want to say it was off of red but like there was this whole storyline happening with like a mouse like that was also a matador and then there was like this princess that he was like all obsessed with and then she like came out of the little like balcony to say hi to him but then she was like fat so he didn't (laughs) like her oh wow 
But then also it was because she was being kind of crazy and like charging at him, like the bull. And then she ends up with the bull. I said I wasn't going to spoil it and I fully spoiled the Taylor Swift <laughs> I was Spencer just going to say. Um, that is a-okay. But like I could describe it to you and you still would not know what the fuck was coming. It sounds it was, like it. So we should do that sometime. <laughs> Get those tiny little oh, uh, portable mics and just... <laughs> just live stream it. Just live stream being wow. like, what the fuck is going on? ASMR. Oh no! <laughs> I have way too short of nails to. Uh, I also like the absolute ASMR noise. tonal shift of our podcast from false god to holy ground. We went from sexy sad times to galloping. Yeah, in a span of like not that long, and it was also just like I feel like we were super serious at first, and then we got a little goofy. As the time That's just went us on. as people. <laughs> yeah, that is. We um well. I, this was our first time recording, obviously, and I think that even though we talked about what the structure was going to be and what we wanted to do, um, it, it we still didn't really talk much more about how it was going to work. We just said, let's do it. Yeah, because you know how when you plan something too much and then you try to do it and then you're like, but I have a plan and then the plan doesn't work, but then you can't pivot. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to be incapable of pivoting. Yeah. Did so we pivot too much? I don't know. <laughs> Tell us. We just flew right in. Give us five stars and then... Oh, yeah. This will be on Spotify. And if you said, hmm, I'm not so sure about this podcast, give us one more episode because next episode is going to be a banger. It is. And so we're reaching the end of our episode. Um, one thing we're going to do, because as we know, Taylor Swift is the queen of Easter eggs. So we want to do our own little mini Easter eggs hinting at what next week's episode is going to be. So every week we'll each choose a non-Taylor Swift song to hint at ne- next week's mm-hmm. song choice for us. Mm-hmm. So for me, my hint song is BSC by Maisie Peters, which if you haven't listened to it, banger. We love Maisie. If anybody's ever tailgating you really closely while you're driving, roll down all of your windows and blast it. I've done this several times because BSC stands for batshit crazy. <laughs> and every time that somebody is just like, like I drive a little over the speed limit, like respectively five to 10, depending on the area. And, like, I was going, like, 10 over once, and somebody was just, like, up my bumper. Like, didn't even buy me dinner first, you know? <laughs> They're up there. And so I rolled down all my windows, opened my sunroof, and I'm blasting the song. And then we stopped at a stoplight, and I'm still blasting this, and I'm screaming along. And then after that, they stopped. Hmm. And that's happened twice. If I had a nickel for every time BSC by Maisie Peters got somebody to stop tailgating me, I'd have two nickels. Absolutely. And I, I love that. You heard it here first, folks. This is what you should do. This is my driving tip. Um, my song alluding to, I'm looking at the camera that's not recording anymore. <laughs> my song is a deep cut, if you will. It's the song <laughs> Beat of My Heart by Hilary Duff. Banger. <laughs> my first concert. It is a bang- our first concert. Our first concert. But we didn't go together. But we were friends. We were friends because it was in second grade. Yeah. And uh, the next day at school, we we reconvened. Yeah, what a what a time that was. Is that whose class were were we in the same class in second grade? Yeah. Oh my god. Wow, we had first, second, and third grade together. That's cute. We don't want to talk about third grade. <laughs> Lord. Okay. So that's my Stop song. Stop bullying nine year olds. <laughs> is that what we're gonna end on? Do not bully nine year olds, ladies and gentlemen. Don't bully. Bullying is bad. Um, <laughs> that is that is that is the note we're gonna. That end is on, the I note. Guess. So thank you for listening to Swift Floor. If you we want to hope. follow us, you can follow us on TikTok at SwiftLorePod. And on Instagram at SwiftLorePod. <laughs> and you can follow our accounts. I suppose. They'll be on Instagram. It's fine. Yeah, they're all linked on somewhere. <laughs> I'm Kat. I'm Abby. And 
we didn't come up with an outro. Oh, God. <laughs> what should we say? Um, Chris, high five. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>